0: Welcome to CCC Talks, empowering IT and business professionals in their digital transformation journey. Find all the latest tips, tricks, and strategies at our blog and resource center at cloudcredential.org. And now our host, CCC Managing Director, Mark O'Laughlin.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of CCC Talks. My name is Mark O'Loughlin, the Managing Director of the CCC, and today we are joined by the renowned Simone Jo Moore. Now, Simone, you and I have met numerous times over numerous years, numerous conferences and events. I love some of the stuff that you're talking about. We're going to look at a few of those areas um, today. But before we do that, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you've been doing recently?
2: Well, um Let's say all the official stuff, just looked at my LinkedIn profile. I mean, really, (laughs) that's the basics and the easiest thing to do rather than run through the list of where I've worked and, you know, all that kind of stuff and all the various skills and expertise are there. Um, So what I kind of like to tell people then is that... you know, get to know someone on the human side, I guess. Um, I'm not really particularly clever, uh, nor especially gifted. I'm just extremely curious about our world. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the things I really enjoy doing is probing the hearts and minds of what really makes business and IT tick. Uh, And I love all the conversations that lead to that whole evolution or revolution (laughs) uh, to really jumpstart people's thinking and their behavior and actions. Um, I work on four key business principles, and I find that regardless of which organization or what I'm actually doing, that over the years, they've stood me in really good stead. And the first one is people connected. That's Mm -hmm. a principle that regardless of whether it's face-to-face using technology, the way in which we go about connecting people and um, not just the how, but who we also connect is also important. And based on that, Uh, principle, we can walk into the next one which is sharing knowledge. Uh, Having knowledge shared is the only way we then are able to uh, work into the next principle of discovering possibilities and all the different ways in how we analyze and discover and uh, report that back, you know, and feed that back into the loop. And then based on that, we can realize our potential. So they're my four key things, people connected, knowledge shared, possibilities discovered and potential realized.
1: Fantastic, and I think um, the changing world today is there's a key focus on those areas or there should be at least. I think as you said, uh, evolution or revolution, one person's revolution is somebody else's evolution there as well, so it depends where you're coming from. But I think, um, as you said yourself, curiosity I think is, is a key trait that we need it's something that i don't know if you can teach it so much or if people have it in built but certainly in today's ever-changing landscape curiosity is one of the skills that we certainly need and need a lot more of to examine and probe we'll probably look at a little bit of a curiosity um, throughout this session today so um What's going on? I know you've uh, been traveling a lot as well this year, a lot of conferences. Uh, we'll probably pull in some of those findings uh, you know from, from, from your session. Now, today what I want to talk to you about, because there is an overlap in all of that skill set and the people side of, of digital. Um, we've spoke a lot about uh, the people aspect. I think technology speaks for itself. It's good, it's there, it works. It can be difficult to make different technologies work together, but it's not overly complex at the end of the day. Um, and one of the things we found uh we did uh, our digital skills survey, 29 CCC skills survey. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found that, uh, no, it wasn't a surprise, but we had to go ask the question that the sequence for digital success is, guess what? People first, technology second. <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> we That's had to so go. <laughs> <hard>.
1: <laughs> And I mean, but when you look back over the evolution of IT, uh, I think it's been put the technology in and it will solve problems. It may have been solved like that, or people, it's the easier thing to do, you know, but yeah, big surprise. So people first, technology second. Now, uh, in, in your experience, your travels with the organizations you speak to, the people you speak at these events right here, are you seeing that people and the organizations are understanding that today, or are they still trying to lead with technology? You know, we get bombarded with AI, IoT, cloud and all these Mm -hmm. solutions. Are they going solution first and then they realize, well, we haven't equipped people a to be curious about this stuff to do the right thing with it? Or are they looking at the people side? What what do you see?
2: Well, I think uh, it depends on the maturity of the organization, first and foremost, because there are some organizations that have grabbed onto this technology and really run with it. Yeah. And uh, that, to me, is also based on their culture, based on how they're structured, and, of course, the people that they have, the skill sets yeah. and the capability. So th- those are the first things that I look at. And one of the key things that people are starting to grab a hold onto is realising that uh those, the fail fast is something we've talked about before in, you know, whether DevOps and, yeah. and agile thinking, etc. But in doing that, I think they're starting to discover that the human side is the gap.
0: Yes, this is where yes.
2: things will fall over. And from the, um, there's something from the Institute of Digital Transformation, they call it their readiness framework. And I understand okay. the Triple C has some similar stuff around, yeah. you know, discovering yeah. how people are ready for, for doing these transformations yeah. and i think the key points for me that come out from that are really that technology is just the catalyst that's all yeah. it is <laughs>
0: yeah. the
2: catalyst so if i look at movies like mission to mars which is one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. and i look at some of the technology that they're using in this movie um, yeah. and i love it i look at it and i think yeah. this is great but there's one line in there's one part of the script that says has that been tested? And the guy said, no, way too expensive to do that. And of course, then you see her roll her eyes going,
0: great. Yeah.
2: You know, they're yeah. about to take off to Mars. They might never come back alive. Has it been tested? No. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for me, we, no matter how far the technology advances, we're still having some of the same conversations.
1: We're still and, having those, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, however, we are seeing some progress. So I good. think in the last 12 months in particular, organisations are starting to understand that their structures can no longer stay the same, the way they, um, whether they flatten or move into autonomous teams or yeah. those sorts of things. The traditional atro- approaches through organisational change, um, yeah. some of them are still solid, some of them still are good, but we're, we're needing new ways of approaching it, new ways of thinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, um, what I see as well with flattening organizations, so I have no problem with organizations flattening. What I see challenges appearing though, is they flatten too much. Uh-huh. So then decision making doesn't happen or by flattening the organization, taking out the layers and layers of what we call the middle management per se, because they're not useful anymore, let's say. I'm not saying that's the case, but that's a perception perhaps that, um, the people with the experience built up over years are then exiting an organization. So those people that I've seen, you know, 30, 20, 10 years ago, let's do technology first and it doesn't yield the results that we want. are probably the people yeah. that can champion the behavioral change that we want today, but we're flattening your organization because that's what the mantra is, but we're flattening it, I think for the wrong reason, probably from a cost perspective and to think we get more agile but in some organizations I've seen.
2: Yeah, I think what they've done is, they've lost um, the focus around the capability required in order to support the new structure. And that's that's what they've, yeah, that's what they're missing, is they've forgotten that those people that are there need to be taught how to be made the decisions. So it comes back to, again, how curious uh, our problem-solving skill sets our decision-making skill sets but yes. it not just the skills in order how to do those things but giving them permission to do it as well because in flattening the structure you're now giving decision making more to the front line which is where it needs to be it needs to be where yes, things yes. are happening yes but yes. in order to do that we have to give them the guidelines around yeah, uh, one of my favorites in the world, and one of my favorite mentors, Ivel McFarlane, you know, as he says, yeah. if we want innovation starts with disobedience. We have to help our people. <laughs> Not everything fits, there's no perfect process, no perfect technology. We have to give them permission to be disobedient to the rules as yeah. and when it's appropriate. But we have to teach them that that's okay. We have to give them the psychological safe space to be able to yes. do that as well. Yes. And we have to give them the
1: skill sets to do that. love that. I've seen Ivor's session on that intelligent disobedience, I think it is, and he uses mm-hmm. the analogy of the, the the guide dog for the blind person that knows when to disobey the rule because oh. of, oh, abs- if, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's fantastic, um, it is. really, really good. And I think that that's another part of is, it's not just about bringing in technology as we flatten the organization. It's about developing the people. And as you said, the new structures we're putting in place. So I think we've never done this before in industry where we're adopting such new technology in such short time The change is very quick now while we're reorganizing the organization significantly. And we're, mm. you know, moving away from the scientific management, you know, the MBAs are crammed full of this stuff as to how you structure an org um, into a new kind of structure that's still being understood. I think, as you said, mm. that, that that's good. So intelligent disobedience is good. Now that leads me, I think that's a good segue into something you've been talking about. I've seen you present it. I love it. Um, you know, you've been talking about it all year, emotional intelligence. So. Yes. Tell me a little bit about what, in your view, emotional intelligence is, why it's important, and what it can do for organizations and people during this time of, of, let's say, digital change, all change.
2: Well, uh, it's interesting. There are two facets to what I've been covering in the EI or emotional intelligence side of things. So you just use EI for short. Um, The first one is definitely the human side, uh, which, I will get to as well. Uh, there's also the technology side. So, um, if I think about you know I, I often, I'm starting to talk a lot more around the EI of AI because people are focused on the technology side of things. Uh, yes. I refer to it as machine
1: humanity. <laughs> I and... love that. Machine humanity. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. we, we forget that, don't yes. we? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It is. And it's really about those three interactions of people to technology people to process and people to people. And uh, I have a a quote that I've been using a lot and I really enjoy this. It's by Kirk Bourne and he's a principal data scientist and uh, executive advisor at Booz Allen Hamilton. Mm. And he describes artificial intelligence not as artificial. I mean, living in France, we don't like fake things. (laughs) <laughs> um, instead of artificial, he's changed the A, and I think it's so smart, actionable intelligence, augmented, or accelerated, or even assisted. So think about, if you think about what we want AI yes. to do for us, it's yes. exactly that. It's how we're going to augment or accelerate our human intelligence. So, that's a much nicer way than saying artificial. If we can look at it, how we are as humans are interacting with the technology, and what is it that we're hoping to have at the end of that interaction?
1: Yeah, uh, to me, I think this is really good stuff. I'm going to come back on that in a moment because um, we at CCC we, we look at AI as well. We've we've developed some courses on that. But a big thing for me in developing that was, you know, to really define what artificial intelligence is today because it's not like the stuff of the science fiction movies of no. tomorrow. So I think that's important to define what it is. And to me, you know, somebody said, you know, could you describe that to somebody who doesn't know what it is? I'd say it's automation using the latest technologies, which are more agile, so something like that. But I want to go back. Tell me again, the, the instead of using artificial, what were those words that you're now using that you've heard? I want to, I want to hear them again. I thought they were really good.
2: Okay, so so when you think of AI, think of it this way intelligence is always there. Okay.
1: Yes. yes.
2: But think of it as actionable.
1: Actionable, fantastic. Or
2: augmented.
1: Yes, yes.
2: Or accelerated. Yes. Or even assisted. Now think about it. That's exactly what we want it to do. Take action. Yes. Augmenting is just making something, you know, making it better, bigger, and better. Yes. Accelerated, we want the speed today, that's one of the reasons we have such agile focus is we want things to be even faster. And assisted, yes. it's there to help us.
1: Fantastic, uh, there's some learnings there, I think that's a real, I've, I'm taking that away as to how do you explain AI, so that goes beyond my automation, I'm going to use those four, mm. they're really, really good. Isn't there a case, uh, the way I see some organizations, what they're doing with the latest in AI, the technology is great, it does certain things is, they seem to want to rely more on the AI to do more work and strip away the human element, basically downsize, outsource, whatever that is. So you end up with technology that then works to whatever parameters you code into it, with a little bit of thinking around the sides, but not huge thinking that, are we yeah. taking the human element away from, businesses uh, by putting in all this super tech?
2: Well, this is where, when we think about the EI of AI, so, um, and that's why I said, I want to get to the the human training we need to do in AI first. But AI has to have AI built in. Otherwise we're actually going to lose the ability. Otherwise it's just exactly that. It's automation and machine learning is brilliant, but it's not AI. So to take it to the next level, there are companies doing some pretty amazing things. Um, So you can look at the organizations that are doing uh, facial recognition. And what they're doing in terms of facial recognition is not just about uh, security. They're merging uh, emotional quotient into the technology, enabling machines to sense and adapt to human emotion. Mm -hmm. and with the analytics that they gain so one organization in particular has got over three and a half billion faces captured there's 6.7 million faces or something like that over 87 countries genders and everything now what they can do is then combine that knowledge into say driverless cars which is being experimented with now Mm -hmm. and if, say, the machine actually recognises the micro-expressions and someone's starting to fall asleep, they can, you know, flash the lights, put alarms yes, on, yes, and yes. the person is like, oh, oh okay. But um, even uh, organisations in HR are now using facial recognition for candidacy interviews so yeah. that they can actually assess someone's micro-expressions and, and things like that to get a, a better more more unbiased understanding yeah. of who this person actually is
1: that uh, they're hiring. Yeah, I think that's okay as long as that's what the company wants to do, that's the type of mm-hmm. process they want to do, but I would also suggest that, I'm sure it's in that organization, that it's not the only parameter that there is a person as no. part of the hiring process that can then exactly. understand the person exactly. as well, but it but helps you understand mean. it.
2: Yeah, this is what I mean by augmenting our skills. So we still have the HR hiring process, but there's no reason why we cannot use AI to help us do these things. And we work with them as, if you like, they become our tech buddy, you know, Uh, they're a colleague.
1: I do. And I think there is a gap that I I personally see in organisations I'm speaking to as well, where that also means you bring in the technology put it Mm -hmm. in place, but then upskill the staff that you have to use the AI buddy or whatever that is, to again, do a a deeper job or a more, you know, intuitive job, uh, a more effective job as well. Yeah, that is not a case of bringing technology and we see a huge displacement of people. Mm You know, I think there's a case in some cases that will happen. That's okay. That's a business model. But in other cases um, is look at your people and look at how do we develop our people, which we've developed over the last five, 10, 15, 20 years. We know them, they're good and they can acquire us. How do we develop them into the new type of worker that we want to capitalize on this technology? I think that's going to be a winning formula for the disruptors of today and tomorrow is how they recognize how they upskill their people to use the latest in technology to actually do something better than their competitors who are using technology to save costs.
2: Yeah, well it's quite interesting because this is where um, the World Economic Forum put out uh, you know the Future of uh, Jobs report earlier this year and uh, one of the key things out of that were the top skills uh, that they saw and this is from a global perspective required Mm -hmm. one of the top 10 is emotional intelligence yes and well should it actually get some airing now on uh, a bigger <laughs> scale and uh, you know never in the history of calm down has anyone calmed down by being told to calm down <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's not very the true. reality of our experience <laughs> so <laughs> what we <we're> actually <laughs> it's quite interesting it. That's very um, true you know the, the reality is this you can be sitting at uh, your desk and whatever you do throughout the day, you will experience energy shifts. So you'll be in a high energy mode in the morning perhaps or it starts to then lower again until you get that morning coffee and then it will peak up again. and as we go through the day our energy levels shift.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: we kind of call that wear and tear you know, it's sort of wearing into those, we're in the zone for a while. But you can keep operating at a certain level, but if you don't go into what we call rest and repair mode, you're gonna crash and burn. And so this is why we look at, you know, the reality of e-motion, if you like, or, you know, the emotion of motion. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Yes. As we're going through the highs and lows, that's fine but we also shift positive and negative and it can be something mild, like we're just irritated uh, right up to rage and people's vocabulary is very limited in emotional intelligence. I find like they're in, the more that they can describe and use vocabulary to get to the heart of exactly what level they're at makes yes. it easy for them to understand and then manage that particular emotion. Yes. And it's, is learnable this is this is not something that is uh, just based on who you are right now Um yes. if you look at the fundamental of AI competencies self awareness self management social awareness and relationship management we have to create a safe environment for our people that is more than physical there's a real untapped potential in our talent pool when we allow them the space to have the courage and freedom for their talent to emerge and influence and expand that. And it's no longer walk in the door and your emotions are cut off when you walk in the door. You know, it used to be, oh no, keep it all hidden and and, and inside. Uh, It's not professional to show your emotion. But in doing that, you actually deny the whole human being. You you deny, people will stop engaging. I've done it myself. You know, in the old days it's like, no, a manager can't have feelings. You know, you've got to be ultra professional. (laughs) I mean.
1: (laughs) I know. This
2: is not you know, the reality of our world.
1: Yeah, and that so, shows the change in, I said, management styles required for today. It's a different thing. We're yeah. using, you know, it's not machines we're managing and time and motion and all this kind of stuff and widgets yeah. through uh, processes, it's, it, it's knowledge working, it's thinking. We need a lot of creativity right now. And you don't get that by shutting people down, by putting in these yeah. large hierarchies, by uh, what do I call it? A fire blanket to innovation.
2: Yeah, you know, exactly. We, it, it, it just dampens everything. I mean, yeah. you see it when you walk into an organization and they have the, these wonderful banners and things. And they say, oh, we, you know, passionate people, creative people, innovative people. And, and all of this takes emotional intelligence. It underpins the whole thing business relationship yeah. management, relationship agility. Um, you look at all the words that they're using. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just last week, uh, they announced that Alexa now has emotions. <laughs> and it's, But here's this, because I love Hitaika's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, you know, yeah, this is not yes, going to yeah. end. It's all going to end in tears. You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> even worse than I thought it would be.
0: It might, but yeah. the thing
2: is, is yeah. Alexa's emotions at the moment The developers are the ones that are inputting this. There's only, uh, there's three levels of intensity and it's either happy and excited or disappointed and empathetic. Now, we know that saying, you know, your favorite football team just lost. Oh, I'm really sorry. You know, there's a certain level of tone that can ping into sarcasm if we're not careful. And if developers (laughs) are programming emotions into our chatbots and everything else, Yes. Um, they need this training.
1: Yeah, and how this else is are where. are you going to
2: program emotions if you don't know them or understand them?
1: Or can you put in the widest range and like that sarcasm? Is how do you detect the sarcasm? You know, there's a lot there. So that's why I think AI is in a certain place but it's going to be 20, 30, 40 years to be in, I think, that level. But we have a journey along the way. That's why those four A's that you've come up with there, that you mentioned are so important, I think, to understand what it is today. And I think the emotional intelligence part is incumbent on ourselves and using these tools um, and for organizations to recognize how they support that to get the best from Mm -hmm. these tools, because you know if you're coding in intelligence that's not intelligence or responses or an emotion that's not emotion so we've uh, we've a long well, way to go
2: one of our favorites that we've seen at conferences both you and i dave snowden and one of the yeah, things he yes. talked about in terms of our values um, and you know our emotions are, are driven by a lot of that, the quality of the experiences we have. Yes. I mean, values, they never really, they don't reach an end point. And our experience continues to fluctuate and change all the time. Absolutely. So when he was saying that, you know, true values are not taught and declared, um, they evolve through our acts yeah. and our interaction of the living. And so they're very, you know, these are things that are visceral. These are things yes. that live inside yeah. us. And our values are our compass.
1: Absolutely. And you can, if you map the history of evolution, I said it's evolution, not revolution here. Um, if you map the history, you will see different behaviors over different histories based on what yeah. was happening and how we learn and evolve. Yeah. I have a quote here. I'm going to read it. Um, so I get it right. <laughs> okay, I think it's very good uh, from yourself. This emotional intelligence is a needed skill set because the human side of things is getting lost. AI and I like this, AI and robots, don't have an emotional connection with the customer i think that's very important and i think that's missed at the moment that the the ai and the robots today do not have that emotional connection with the customer it's the people it's the workers and to me there's significant value in organizations understanding that and developing their people to have that emotional connection with your customers because if you yeah. don't what you have is a commodity product or service of no differentiation. I think that's what we're missing with this technology, is trying to do quicker, faster, better, but missing the Mm. emotional connection. I think customers are missing that too, with uh, if they Mm. don't see any emotional connection from your product or your service, they just see it as a commodity, probably want it for free, probably don't see any differentiation, they're not loyal. easy to switch.
2: Well, I think we have to think about it like the Alexa example. Um, You know that we just talked about it. (laughs) It's like what could possibly go wrong? Um, Anyway, I'll let that one go for a moment, but I I think it's interesting. We're taking the step, but there's another uh, organization I've been uh, looking at some of their research and basically what they're doing is uh, Working on intelligent emotion AI for voice so they've been specifically working with PTSD uh, so a lot of war veterans, and analysing the rhythm and tone of their voices, and yes. looking at you know their stress levels, and and being able to diagnose at what level you know PTSD and also so. Yes. Let's face it, traumatic events, they change our circuitry in our brain, and therefore our emotions and our muscle tone, which affects our speech. So they've gone to that level, and our voices are unique prints, just like our fingerprints, that's why yes. we use it in security sometimes. But sometimes. they've been able to achieve an 89% accuracy in distinguishing those that have PTSD and those that don't. So I think that's really interesting because we're kind of bridging the communication gap between humans and machines now by introducing yes. this style of AI. And yes. imagine you're a service desk agent and you've got a customer on the phone that's um, you know, it started off okay, but now they're getting a bit frustrated or yep. whatever the mm-hmm. case might be. Yes. Your chatbot buddy, your chatbot colleague, your AI colleague, if you like. Because they're using this technology, are able to sense these voice changes before you may be able to, mm-hmm. and ping you—I don't know—some kind of message or emoticon to let you know, and maybe in a little, you know, graph as it's moving yes. along, yes. so that you are able to adjust your tone and yes. rate of speech, yes. just you know, to to the appropriate to help that customer along it enhances this is the augmentation thing uh, enhances that interaction yeah so yeah, yeah.
1: i think on two that's levels idea. that's fantastic one is you're helping a society of people that have uh, pro- a, a challenge like post-traumatic mm. stress disorder and how to deal with that so that's one part of it but then cleverly bringing that into service desk because people do get agitated. They've been waiting for a long time. They have a problem. They're not ringing because they're happy, they're ringing because <laughs> something probably gone wrong. And if you can bring them along that journey, get them down and get things solved, because a lot of times in service desks or in these contact centers, we're trying to fix the, the problem. We're focused on finding an answer rather than the individual and so we might not be as responsive to them to kind of calm them down and get them through that process again as we said that emotional connection with the customer and i think there's a huge value in our customers that ringer desk you know are obviously calling a lot of them call with challenges and problems but when they leave they're happy i mean people will buy services just to be happy if something went wrong and it got fixed, and they were happy when it got fixed. So there's a huge Look, thing technology there. is
2: technology. Things yeah. break as much as they don't <laughs> yeah. want them to, it does. Yeah, do. But the yeah. journey that we take someone through to yeah. solve that issue,
0: that's it. the
2: way we make someone feel, that that's still so core to our human way of being yeah. yeah. that not, that's not going to change. I don't think it ever has.
1: I don't think it has. I think maybe it gets lost a little bit in the "let's adopt technology and it can lower costs" kind of conversation. We might come back on that another day. I think there's a day session in that. Simone, we're almost up on time, but there is something I want to ask you to just mention. You can elaborate a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You, you, you have uh, aliases, so you're also <laughs> known as. You know, I'm going with this. The service management mixologist, and yes. A human API. (laughs) Uh, Before we finish, I know what those mean. Do you want to expand on what the mixologist is and what it does and what the API uh, is? And what it does. Are you interested in what? Uh,
2: the human appy actually is uh, really easy to explain. Um, the majority of people that will probably hear this know what an appy is. In fact, um, we're always doing that, uh, trying yeah. to get two different things to talk all the time. So yes. uh, basically, I, you know, uh, I'm not exactly a robot, but um, yeah, I am programmed to help connect. <laughs>
1: Now, I'm going to say, it. we never said you're a robot, <laughs> a, but seriously, I think that's a fantastic uh, name or moniker you've come up with, human API, because it's that human it's not element. Human we
0: idea. all
1: know about yeah. the technology APIs and connect all clouds and digital, all that kind of stuff. I think we need more human APIs. I think you're a, certainly a model for that. And just briefly. Um, <laughs> and, and that leads
2: me to it. the mixology,
1: actually. The yeah, exactly. I
0: love this one. <laughs>
2: Because um, you know, if, you, if you're going to be a, if you're going to be a human API, you also have to. Uh, that means you know have to connect all these different things. Um, part of it, in, and I have as a standard, um, and if anyone knows mixology from hospitality industry, it's more than just someone that works in the bar and, and might make a cocktail. A mixologist actually understands and knows about all the different ingredients and uh, how to actually blend different flavors and understand, I guess, the chemical composition that will shift and change how something tastes. And because I travel a lot, uh, usually the first thing get off the plane, where's the bar? I think that's where it
1: probably came up. with.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's, uh, it it must have been the Irish blood in me. Anyway, (laughs) my standard drink is a margarita because every good bar person, uh, you know, there are certain standard drinks and a margarita is so simple. It really is. And it has very few ingredients. But if you get the balance wrong.
0: Yes, um, yes
2: you really know about it sure. and or it's just a little off and it can come yes. down to the even the type of salt used or whatever yes but that is a, if you think about it think about all the different frameworks and practices we have out there yes. you know whether it's prints workforce planning ITL, Obashi DevOps IT service management human resource management Kaizen yes. value stream mapping HDI Verism, Kanban. Camb- I you know yep. <laughs> OCM um, You've got practices, they are not just IT based. Look at all the business practices from finance, from HR, from sales and marketing. Um, When you look at an organisation, we want to be able to blend these practices because there's no one that rules them all. And we need to maintain management commitment. Uh, You need sponsorship and reinforcement. It needs cultural change, structural change, tooling, automation and trust and collaboration. Now, every single one of those frameworks and practices, et cetera, um, they all take emotional intelligence and relationship agility to work. And you need that connectivity and understanding of how those ingredients can be blended into the unique cocktail for that organization.
1: I love that. Um, Yeah, I've looked at that for years. I think it's about getting not only the ingredients, but you said it, the right ingredients and the quality ingredients, and for us, it's people, framework, standards, all these kind of things, Mm -hmm. uh, and the tools and technologies, putting them all and blending them into the right mix for that organization.
0: That's I think okay. if
1: you if you expand the mixologist is around the world, uh, people's flavor are a little bit different. So uh, something that's mixed in one country might be blended slightly different for another palate. And I think that's important, as you said, that we do take this kind of mindset. That's why I wanted to ask you about the- uh, Yeah,
2: the it's definitely and a mindset.
1: And, and how important it is. So not only do we need more human APIs, which are a fantastic model for, we need more mixologists in our organizations, yeah, which are do. also a fantastic yeah. example for. Okay, Simone, listen, fantastic. It's great to have you here. We're up on time. So listen, I want to thank you again for uh, joining us today. I think we've got some really good insights. On all these talks, I take away things. I've certainly a lot to take away here, especially the four A's. I'm going to go back later on and re-listen in, write it down. I'm going to remember them because it's better than just saying AI is about automation. Whoa, no, Simone says AI is about (laughs) these areas here. Well, remember the quote
2: did come from Kirk Bourne. I've
1: just adopted it. Fantastic. We'll, We'll reference that as well. And I do think that emotional intelligence and emotional connection thing is a huge part of this change and the story and all things digital that's going on. Simone Jo Moore, thank you very much for joining us and uh, we'll see you again soon.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Mark. It's been great fun.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: Bye.
1: So, uh, just as we were wrapping up that CCC Talks with Simone, um, she mentioned that there were a few other points, a few key takeaways she wanted to give us. So we started recording again uh, to capture those. <laughs> so Simone, if you could just share with us those final thoughts, <laughs> that'd be fantastic.
2: Oh, it's just a couple of things that I love to finish uh, a lot of my sessions off yes. on. Um, Cause it's really important to understand that emotional intelligence is not the opposite of intelligence. Uh, It's not the triumph of heart over head, it is that uh, intersection of both,
1: where they
2: intersect. But uh, I think a key thing, just uh, wrapping up and and thinking about the stuff that we covered, is that the collaboration we have creates conversations, Mm -hmm. and those conversations create better communication, and that in turn creates wider transparency and therefore deeper trust.
1: Fantastic. And I think that's a good formula as well. So I think there's been a lot of takeaways from today's session. And for those who watched the second bit here, the last bit, I think there's some extra, an Easter egg, let's call it, a little Easter egg for our listeners who stayed on. So thanks again, Simone. We appreciate that. And uh, we'll talk again. Okay. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining this episode of CCC Talks. We hope you enjoyed this episode and walk away with a ton of actionable insights. If this is your first time joining us, this is us extending a personal invitation to you to join other IT and business professionals, so please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or Google Play. If you are struggling in any capacity in your digital transformation journey, contact us. We'd be more than happy to guide you and find you the right certification courses to help you manage the challenges modern businesses are facing. This was CCC Talks. Until next time.